we're going to read from Habakkuk this morning, and we're in chapter 3, verses 16 through 19. So open your app or your Bible to Habakkuk 3, 16 through 19. I hear and my body trembles. My lips quiver at the sound. Rottenness enters into my bones. My legs tremble beneath me. Yet I will quietly wait for the day of trouble to come upon the people who invade us. Though the fig tree should not blossom, nor fruit beyond the vines, the produce of the olive fail, and the yields and the fields yield no food. The flock be cut off from the fold, and there be no herd in the stalls. Yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will take joy in the God of my salvation. God, the Lord, is my strength. He makes my feet like like the deer's. He makes me tread on my high places. This is the word of God. Morning. Morning. Well, it's got pandemic fatigue a bit. For those of you going back to school, I get it. We are. Am I on? Huh. Says I am. Lights on. Um, we'll try to solve that. Not, I can put the uh, mic back on here if you need me to have mic. There we go. All right, we're all good now. Um, so we are we are trying to navigate as we as you can tell we're getting fuller in here and we are I am praying for a new building a bigger building but um, should God not provide that the session is continuing to sort of monitor all the situations of that master optional right now believe me I told somebody this week this stuff wears me out more than almost any other, anything else pray for us pray for the leadership session that we navigate and continue to negotiate this windy road uh, well. So I appreciate that. One other thing I just want you to be aware of, we've talked about this, but we are kicking into gear now. Um, we're going to call it Local on Luke. I don't know if that's the name of the groups, but we're going to be studying the book of Luke beginning in a couple of weeks. And we would love for people to be able to get to know people and discuss the application of the scripture outside of Sunday morning. And so we are going to be uh, reaching out to a few folks to say, would you be willing to host a group so that there's groups within our region, sort of Warrington, Haymarket, out towards Centerville, here, right here on Ben Hill, that if you're not already in a small group, that there would be made opportunity for you to get to know people who live in your neighborhood and that you would have the opportunity weekly between September through basically the holidays about Thanksgiving to gather and to get to know folks here and to discuss what God's doing through this gospel. So you're going to start hearing more about that, but please, um, I know we're busy, but nothing is more important than our than putting effort and energy into our relationship with the Lord. There's a lot of reasons why it's difficult, but if you're not engaged with other believers regularly, I want you to really keep your ears open over the next few weeks as we encourage you to, to get connected, okay? Open up, if you would, Habakkuk. We come to the end of the book of Habakkuk this morning. We're just four weeks in this book. And uh, if you've got your Bible, Habakkuk chapter 3 or your device, open up to that. We have moved from Habakkuk's questions, looking at, God, why are you allowing all this to happen and my prayers to not be answered? Y'all, we have situations in our lives where we pray for things to happen 
And it doesn't seem that that's what's happening. The opposite is happening. You pray for someone to get better and they get worse. You pray for a situation with a relationship to come together and it seems like there's even more distance. You pray for money in the bank and there's less. You just, it, there's always times when we look for God to do something and we think, God, why aren't you answering my prayers? And then Luke, uh, Habakkuk's second question, I'm already in Luke, Habakkuk's second question is, God, why are the bad guys winning? Because God's answer to the first question was, the bad guys are going to actually, for a season, going to do better. The Babylonians are going to be raised up. Why? doesn't make sense to me, God. And so both of those questions in in the first two chapters, God looks at Habakkuk and says, are you going to trust me because the just shall live by faith, not by sight, not by works? The puffed up soul, the, the Babylonians who trust in themselves, they're going to be dominant for a season, but not forever. And so in chapter 3, what we have is Habakkuk responding to what God's told him. As God's laid out his plan and Habakkuk's looked at it, and so the chorus, this, this chapter 3 is kind of laid out like a song. And I'm going to go back to uh, what we read last week. In, in verse 2, this is kind of like the chorus of the song that you repeat. Listen to Habakkuk 3, 2. Lord, I've heard the report of you and your work. O Lord, do I fear. In the midst of the years, revive it or, or basically do it again. I remember what you used to do. I've I've read stories about that. Would you do it again in our day? In the midst of the years, that is my years, would you make yourself known? And then in wrath, remember mercy. That's kind of the chorus that he says. We sung this morning in that first song in the praise set of great things. It says, Lord, you've been faithful forevermore. Would you do again what you've done in the past? That's Habakkuk's prayer. Lord, I know you've been faithful. And that's the first thing. There's three things I want you to, to get out of as we look at the Scripture today. Three things that I want, the choices that we make. And the first one is this, remembering the larger arc of the story. The, the day of the Lord didn't just start today. He has been working from beginning to end. There's a huge arc to the story of God. And we need to think about all the times he has been faithful. Look at what Habakkuk does, beginning at verse 3, all the way through verse 15. If you read that, you would see that he's beginning to recount how faithful God has been. Now these names may or may not mean anything to you, but in verse 3 it says, God came from Timon and the Holy One from Mount Paran. Where are those places? Well, they're down in Mount Sinai. They're down in the south. This is the route of the Exodus. So what he's reminding, they would have been very familiar with that that area, and that would have spoken to them, God, you led us out of Egypt. You were faithful to us in that time. And then in verse 4, he says, Your brightness was like the light. Rays flashed from your hand. You veiled your power. And it speaks of creation, that God, back in Genesis 3, He spoke and light came into being. God, if you've been so powerful to work in creating everything, where are my problems? Where, where do I stand in that? So in the midst of things that for Habakkuk were not going to go well in his lifetime, it was re- remembering 
the faithfulness of God. We sang that song, God, you are faithful. You have been faithful. As we keep marching through the, those verses 3 through 15, there's this sense of God showing up on behalf of His people. He, it's, it's very uh, vivid language where like when you're being attacked and all of a sudden the bodyguard shows up, the six foot eight guy when you, when you just need somebody to protect you. And it says, God unsheathed his bow in verse nine and he called for many arrows. And it's like when God shows up in our defense, it's like, wow, you care that much. And he does it for his people. Verse 13, he says, you went out for the salvation of your people, for the salvation of your anointed one, you crushed the head of the house of the wicked. So he's saying, hold on, Habakkuk. The days are going to be dark for a season, but not forever. I'm going to crush Babylon. And the enemies we face, we don't know what the future holds here on earth, but we know every one of us is going to face the enemy of death. And the scripture promises that he has crushed that enemy as well. He uses that exact same word and language that he has crushed the head of the serpent of Satan and that we we have nothing to fear. Nothing to fear in this life or beyond. But living in that confidence can be a challenge. So let's look now at verse 16 because Habakkuk has his response to this, and he hears and he gets it. And here's his response. My body trembles. My lips quiver at the sound. He's breaking down. He is overwhelmed and physically manifesting the sense of God's presence with him. He says, there's rottenness entering my bones. My legs are trembling beneath me. And then the other two things, in addition to remembering the ark, here are the other two things that we take away from this. There's two yet I wills in Habakkuk. Yet I will. Here's the first one in verse 16. When I've seen all this coming, I'm I'm witnessing this battle playing out in a heavenly realm, but in front of me on the earth. Yet I will quietly wait for the day of trouble to come upon those who invade us. It was going to be some time. It was going to be some years. It wasn't going to be immediately. Yet I will wait quietly. Now the word quietly there is quite interesting. Nuach, not to be confused with ruach, which means spirit, but nuach is the word for rest. Quietly. It's a word for rest. And literally, the picture is this is the word they use, like when, um, if you've ever seen like a, an animal, like a camel or a horse, when the, a trainer will make it go to its knees and kind of be in a submissive position, that's the word they would use, nuach. It says, so I'm going to choose in the face of difficulty to rest. Think Jesus on the boat in the storm. You ever wonder? Now, I get terrified in boats some of you have been sailing with me. You know, I, I just don't like, I, I get motion sick and I just don't like the movement. Turbulence of any sort is not a good word for me. Jesus is sleeping in the storm. 
He's, he's nuach. Why could Jesus sleep in a storm on the water? Because he was doing exactly this. Yet I will wait quietly for God to calm the storm. That's hard. That's faith. And it says, God, I trust you more than I trust the circumstance that I'm seeing right now. Can we do that? That's speaking to your own soul. Saying, Lord, I trust you. I don't see how it's going to happen. I don't see how I'm going to get from where I think we should be, where I want to be, and where we are now. I don't see the path. Is it, now what do we tend to do? Well, if you're anything like me, I tend to plan, fret, and worry, and sometimes just go crazy. It's not nuach. That's not what God's intended for us. He's intended that we would yet wait quietly. This is the same guy, by the way, who starts out with, Lord, how long shall I cry for help and you won't hear me? Yet I will rest I will have you just say to me, it's okay. Just calm down there, Bubba. I'm there. I'll take care of it. But the bad guys are going to win. Wait. The day's coming. I'm going to make all things right. Will you trust me? Will you rest? Then Habakkuk, in a song that's perhaps, except for the just shall live by faith, perhaps the most famous part of Habakkuk, he sings this song, he rejoices. Really, the whole thing's a song, but this is the sort of culmination. And he says, okay, God, I'm going to rest. And now I'm going to look out. What do I see? The fig tree's not blossoming, no fruit on the vines, no olives. Fields yield no food, flocks cut off. There's no herds in the stalls. That's a beautiful poem. This is catastrophic economic disaster. No olives. For us, that just means nothing, you know, no, nothing to cut up and put in my salad. Olives is what they lived on. This is an agrarian society who lived on the fields and the produce. This is, there is no food in the shelves, not just toilet paper. There's nothing. Nothing to eat. Do you get that? He's looking at the grocery store shelves and there's nothing on the shelves. You're looking at the relationships and there's nothing in the relationship there. It's empty. It's barren. It's gone. Looking to the future. Okay, at least I've got my animals. Nope. They're gone. So, it's beautiful poetry. Let's get the sense of this. This is as bad as it gets. And then he says, yet I will. Verse 18. Second, yet I will. Yet I will rejoice in the Lord. That is the just shall live by faith. That, my friend, is maturity and it is hard. Let's not fool ourselves to thinking that's easy when there's no job, when there's no hope in this, the things we see, to say, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. Why is that? Here's my contention. We tend 
to know God's good because he provides good things. If we do that, we only know half the goodness of God. Yes, he does provide good things, but he is good even when we don't see the good things right that minute. How many of us as parents, I've had this experience, many of you who've been parents, your small child comes and you tell them, no, I'm sorry, for our daughter anyway, it was, no, I'm sorry, you can't go out and play in the street. And and there was her response was, you know, you're bad. Daddy, you're bad. Why? It's fun. And in the moment, I know that's a simplistic, but in the moment when God's saying, you've got to trust me when what's in front of you is not the goodness you are expecting, watch for the goodness you're not expecting. Because here's the flat out truth. You will learn more about the goodness of God in the day of lack and scarcity than you will ever know if you if the shelves are always full and you always have everything you need. If you never need God to come through in a day where you don't have what you need, you won't know him as that meter of needs. And that's a hard thing. I get this is meat. This is not milk food. This is meat food. But we need this. Yet, Habakkuk says, I will rejoice in the Lord. I will take joy in the God of my salvation. Not just because of good circumstances, but because of who you are. Two things we can glean from this. Here's what he says. When I rejoice in the Lord, take joy in the God of my salvation. Verse 19 God the Lord is my strength. When the bank account's not as full as you want, when there's issues in your life, health issues or or challenges in your life, and you say, Lord, where are you? Would you come? Would you fill me in this lack? And then he meets the need that you could never expect. The Lord becomes your strength. And your faith becomes sight, real faith. See, we think it's always dark, like you never see the answers to faith. You do, but you have to go through not seeing until you see. When he provides, that provides grist for the next season of life where you don't see things to say, I remember how you provided a house for my family in Orlando. We couldn't afford one. I I saw that. I remember, and then when we were in California and couldn't find a house, part of the grist was to say, oh, well, you did it then. We, we don't have anywhere to live there. But I know you provided then, and then he provides then. And then he provides then. And then you begin to live in peace rather than worry. So first thing is you learn that God is your strength. The second thing is this. He makes my feet like the deers. Now that doesn't mean you'll have cloven hooves, all right? All right? Much as we would like. But the deer that they're probably in Nubian ibex, which is only found in the Judean wilderness now. It's completely almost, you know, the Israelis are keeping them alive down there. But these deer that run around Israel 
are amazing. If you've ever just go to a YouTube clip of an ibex or one of these deer that do that. Here's a, here's a picture of one, just a quick picture of one climbing up the side of a dam. This is about 150 feet up. If you watch the whole video, I just took a clip because I don't have the licensing to do the whole video, but this thing is climbing, and what you can't see below is its baby. Its child is following it up there. A little bitty thing has climbed 150 feet and just finding the footholds. How could it possibly climb that? Well, God's made their feet able to find the littlest place of trust. And Habakkuk says, Lord, would you make my life that when there's just a little nub, I grab onto it and I say, God, you're not going to let me fall. When I fear my faith would fail, you're going to hold me fast. You don't have the ability to hang on to God. Your grip's not strong enough. But if your trust is in him, he's plenty strong enough to hold on to you. And he's not going to let you go. If you are his and you have committed yourself and you have said, yes, Jesus, I trust you. then you don't have to worry. You can yet I will rest. Yet I will rejoice. You will be my strength. You are going to make my feet like the deer, like that foot, because you're going to make me walk on high places. Boy, there's a tremendous perspective. If you could see that whole video from what that deer could see. I don't know how far deer can see, but you know what I mean. If you could look back, it's a tremendous vista. And if we can trust the Lord and hang on and look back, the view we get from 30,000 feet, it's not 30,000 feet, but you know, you get a great view from the cockpit. But we have to trust God because we, we live down in the valley. We live in all this swirling motion. But Habakkuk calls us to live beyond that. But the Bible says we are to be seated in heavenly places with Jesus Christ because he had the ultimate perspective going to the cross after he had gone through the God. Why is this happening to me? He rested and he submitted to the will of his father and said, not my will, but yours be done. And I know you have my best. Because of that, we get to enter into something that's unbelievably exciting, even in the midst of tumultuous times. So let's sing our song. Let's sing the song of Habakkuk, right? Go through your complaints. It's fine to tell God. It's fine to ask the questions. He never reprimands Habakkuk for doing that. But we want to, in the midst of the difficult, in the midst of the unraveling and the unwanted, the disorienting, the painful, seeing the judgment of God coming. I think the judgment of God is no less real today than it was then. Can we recognize it? But He has got you. He has got you. Let's receive with faith that He will hold us fast. Would you pray with me? Lord, I thank You for... Even small, minor prophets of the Bible that teach us great lessons about the one story that God in the ark of redemption, you have never left your people. You have always worked for our good and their good. 
even in discipline, even at times when they were subjected to judgment for purification, Lord, and you blessed them, and you have blessed us. So, Lord, keep our tongues from complaints. Lord, when we question you, help us to do it with the humility that you are God, which means we are not. And, Lord, help us as we trust and as we rest and as we rejoice to see you become our strength, that you give us feet like deer's feet, that we could walk on high places and see the bigger picture. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Would you stand with me, please, as we close?